0: welcome to the Crystal Conversations podcast, where conversations of growth and resiliency, faith and falling meet your day to day challenges in authentic stories of the struggle, each equipping and encouraging you to own the value of your journey. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation. Hello listeners, welcome back to the Crystal Conversations podcast. It is truly an honor to be sitting here with my guest today. She is a woman of strength and tenacity beyond what I could ever imagine because she, has, she is walking through a life that I have not personally experienced, but my level of admiration and desire to learn is so high. Um, We actually, I mean, we would have never met. I'm in Pennsylvania and she's in Oklahoma and my brother's in Kansas. So I don't even know that I would have driven past her house or in our, in our adventures and our travels. But what I do know is God had a plan to unite us on common ground. And we were both chosen, um, not in 2020 one, not even in 2020, this whole era has got everyone's time zones mixed up. Um, But we were both chosen to be a part of an anthology project called Whispers of Grace, where 30 women were chosen out of hundreds of applicants to be part of this. And so over the last year and a half, her and I have met monthly with a number of other amazing women. And I have just learned so much. It's exciting. So It is my honor to present to you my special guest, Kim, who I just can't wait for you to be blessed by her journey and what she's learned and what God has given her to pour out into those who need to hear this inspiring content.
1: So Kim, welcome. Thank you, Crystal. It's great to be with you. I've really looked forward to this for a number of days since I found out I got to spend this time with you. So yeah, you you didn't tell your listeners all the real meaty stuff that I'm a mom of four. And uh, so far, a mom survivor. I think sometimes when we get to our kids getting um, to be young adults, we should celebrate a little bit that we've survived the growing up years. Um, I've been married to my husband, Joe, for almost 30 years. And many years ago, I know that's to be celebrated too. uh, Many years ago, we decided to grow our family through adoption. And so we adopted four uh, beautiful children from Korea, and um, we have our oldest two have special needs. One, I would say, is a very high-functioning special needs young adult, and uh, that's our son. And our daughter takes a lot more care, uh, day-to-day care. And so um, I'm a special needs mom, and I walk that journey proudly, and we found how to live abundantly even with some day-to-day challenges that creep up here and there but um, as I've met you I've gotten to tell you bits and pieces of my story and get to know you and so thanks for the opportunity today to encourage other special needs parents and um, also it may overlap with even long-term caregivers who may be caring for parents or um, nowadays we hear so much about Alzheimer's care and things that people really live in the context of caregiving as part of their life's journey. And so I hope we can really bring a good word to those people and to just really shed some light today on how to walk abundantly. I agree, I feel like the overlap
0: of ongoing attentiveness to another human, whether it's special needs, whether it's high intelligence, whether it's age related, whether it's injury related. I work a lot um, with folks who may have gone through either a chronic illness or a trauma or a circumstance that has created an ongoing care need where one human or a pair of humans or a group of family humans are sharing the load Mm -hmm. of caring for someone and, and especially in your journey, at a time where the natural assumption is this person would be on their own, but that's mm-hmm. not the case for you and your husband, correct?
1: Right. Uh, our two oldest children, our, our plan is to take care of them for our lifetime. There may be some seasons where our son might have opportunity for a, a group home living, or it could possibly live with like a companion roommate, Or something like that and I I do hope we can create those opportunities for him over the years. He's he's getting ready to turn 25 uh, here in just a couple weeks and up to this point he's you know he's in our home we don't have any we don't have any plan in the in the near future but we do hope he gets some opportunity to experience some independence away from mom and dad. Um, Our daughter would probably always be in our care and so you know we've made that commitment and so when a lot of times when you make a commitment, then you can walk in that commitment. So we don't waver on, on that. Once we knew our children would probably need that stability of staying in our home and having care, then we start there and we live beyond that. Okay. So this, place.
0: it's not emotion-based. It's not season-based. It's no. we've made a commitment for as long as we are able to, to find a way to be creative problem solvers as a team. That's right. Um, to just make this goal happen.
1: Yeah, and it does take, uh, my, my husband and I are a lot like a team. And I, I know sometimes there's some, uh, there some amazing single moms or single dads. And if they have to take this on alone, God bless them. I hope they can reach out and grow their support and um, uh, the tools and stuff they need. Um, In our case, I'm very blessed to have my husband, Joe, and we do work as a team. And I know one day as we were visiting, I told you that I I realized a few years ago, my husband Joe was the only person on the entire planet to have the same vantage point or or view of our kids. Um, He's like my teammate and we have our strengths and weaknesses and he has things he does. He does a lot of our paperwork and things to take care of the kids. Um, but it it pretty much takes both of us to um, put it all together. Some days, and if one's having a bad day, we you know you have to lift the other one up. But it works.
0: I I thoroughly appreciate that that insight you were given because it can be a blessing. And I mean, thirty years into marriage, you don't always see your partner as your teammate. There's a temptation for well, they do it this way, and I see this way, and mine is this, and yours is that, and, and really that pull that essentially our entire nation is experiencing, mm-hmm. there's a weight that comes with that division, but the two of you have chosen to say, here are our strengths, this is mm-hmm. our mission, this is us working together for these common goals and this Common shared experience that right. when you think about, he gets me, he
1: gets mm-hmm. our family. That's, That's powerful. Right. It is powerful, and I think sometimes when we if we do have a dif- disagreement or a little bit of tension over something, um, there's a there's a reality of going to bed and going, um, I have no other choice but to wake up beside you in the morning and do this all again together. So we better lay it down. Um, We've learned a lot over the years to put in a little more humor Um, some things we have to just kind of let go and laugh off Um, our daughter, one of the things about our daughter's special needs she can she can be difficult her behavior can be difficult, even as an adult. Uh, She can have things that uh, look like a, a toddler's tantrum at times she can say bad words. Uh, and sometimes it, we disagree over simple things like if we want to go out to eat, and and we're going to take, you know, take our two oldest children with us. And one of us might think that she's not having a very good day and we shouldn't go and the other one's like ah, it's fine you know we're we'll sit in a corner somewhere. Uh, so sometimes it's the little stuff that we disagree about it's rarely the big stuff, but in that same token the little stuff is what can eat away if we let. Uh, you mentioned carrying something when you are a caregiver it is always like kind of carrying something I kind of think of it as like a backpack in a way and it doesn't mean you're not having a beautiful hike or a beautiful journey but you've got something that's always present and so if Joe and I are not careful those little things are what mess up the hike and the beauty (laughs) Um, and so we've learned to let it go faster if we've had a bad day Mm. Maybe let it go with the chuckle at the end of the day. Uh, one other thing about our daughter that was so hard for us years ago, we, we have a, a Christian values and, and view in our home and around middle school, she started using bad language. I, I remember the first phone call from a teacher and I just thought, my child is, <laughs> is doing this. But um, as she has aged, she can use quite a bit of bad language in these uh, meltdowns or tantrums or bad days that she has. And it used to be very, very unnerving. Just, Mm. um, and it's not that we should become callous to hearing bad words, but in the context of her, sometimes you just have to look at, like my husband, give it a grin and be like, we're going out in the backyard, we'll leave her inside. (laughs) And you just go out and you take a break but sometimes you do have to let some of the little go because the little is what will pile up to the big. Mm. So we've, we've learned to try to do that.
0: Listeners. I would, I would thoroughly encourage you to to remember that and write that down where it really isn't those big moments because those big moments are so in your face that you, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to make a decision, you know, you either choose together or separate, like right or wrong, yours are like, there is a clear decision to be made because it's impactful and it's in your face, but those little things, they can, they can just sneak into your pocket. It's like the coins that stay in your pocket. And then all of a sudden they're whipping around and making a bang in the dryer. And you're like, what is all that noise?
1: Right, it's a great illustration.
0: That's what happens Mm -hmm. is we think harmless little pieces, Mm -hmm. but eventually in that process, you didn't notice them putting them into the washer. You didn't notice them when they were getting washed. You didn't notice them when they were getting placed in the dryer, but the minute they start going bang, 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 bang. And you think like the world is collapsing. You realize it was a few coins you overlooked. Mm -hmm in the midst. And we can do that in our household easily because there's a lot going on within the contents of any family dynamic. So I appreciate that. And listeners, I encourage you to, to recognize that upfront communication and healthy boundaries and seeking out what works, sometimes it's just stepping outside. You know what? Break time. I now, appreciate
1: I've, that. I've thought a lot about the last recent years about how to take those many breaks, even right inside our home, the very place where the stressors happen are where sometimes we need to find a way to take a time out. And so it's helped me to think of that, that I can take a time out, even as a caregiver in the same space with my daughter. And so sometimes it's a very mental break or time out maybe just a few minutes doing something different or stepping away from her in another room or something if I need to take a break. But those breaks go a long ways for me as an individual and then even for our marriage.
0: Do you have some go-to breaks that you see valuable to you, like things that you notice in your household or in the rhythms of your day?
1: I do. I, I didn't used to consider myself much of like an outdoor person or spending time in my backyard and now i I spend a lot of time on my patio um i've bought more flowers to plant the last number of years than i ever i'm not a cat lady but i'm probably going to be able to be called a a flower lady now um but there was something about i found a need to start seeking out it it sounds just a little bit shallow or silly but like beautiful things Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we put more flowers on our back patio and i I'll go out there and sit. And sometimes I literally kind of pace from my kitchen to my door out to my patio. I may go out for just five, 10 minutes and plop down and then, you know, enter back into the the house. I use my master bedroom more uh, for reading and things like that. And really early marriage and taking care of young children that I didn't think so much if I disappeared in my bedroom, that was usually a very bad sign (laughs) if I had to do that and, you know, escape the littles. But now I do it in a different way. I see my bedroom really as a sanctuary, my patio. Uh, Sometimes there's, there's enough space in our backyard to just walk just a little, you know, little lap, so to speak, around our fence line. And I've been known to take a walk a time or two just walking my own fence line because I really couldn't leave or, you know, leave without my daughter. So I think those breaks are important to realize that our space can it's not so much whether we can physically get away, but we can get away with a good book, uh, with prayer time, with just a space that has just a tiny bit of separation, but yet still safe for whoever we're caregiving. Um, I, would, I would challenge people to start looking at your home differently, but it can be, it's not just a place where we live, it's not just an address. And when you are a caretaker to somebody, it often restricts your freedom a little bit, uh, and maybe a lot. And I always acknowledge that the spectrum of special needs parenting, like our two oldest special needs are physically bodily abled, um, but some people have wheelchairs to attend to and feeding tubes and things that are, take a great deal away from their freedom just to leave their home quickly. So um, just looking around and going, this is the space God gave me. And um I can take a time out here, even for just a few minutes.
0: I love that you've, you've recognized the reality Mm -hmm. of the noise and the needs and the, and the demands, but you've also reframed the opportunity to see spaces or time within that home Mm -hmm. as not just a cage that you are bound to because of the needs, but also a place of refuge and sanctuary that, that it can be both. It doesn't have to be this or that it can be this and that, and that Mm -hmm. brings you more opportunity and more, more peace so that you can be able, so that you can be equipped and refreshed to come back and serve.
1: Right, right. And I think it's important. You said, you know, we don't, we don't want to see it as a kind of a prison with walls when we're bound to a space or don't have the freedom to leave so easily. And that is an important, uh, sometimes we run into these thought junctures. And if we take, if, if we go the wrong way down that thought path, it can really hang us up for a long time to come. So, uh, you know, caregivers or parents of special needs children, if we begin to take on that, oh, I do not have as much freedom. Oh, I feel like I'm home all the time. I don't want to be here as much as I am. Once we choose that, it will increase our issues (laughs) by a hundredfold. But if we see it as, Lord, thank you for this home. There's some beautiful spots in it. Thank you for the resources to, you know, I can create little spaces of rest. Um, So when we go down the path of gratitude and seeing that God's given provision for what I need, then it lightens that load that we carry. Even though that backpack's still on, we've taken some of that weight out just by our perspective.
0: I love, love, love it. I'm, I can't wait to go back and listen to this and write down all of the skills and the things that you've, you've sort of just incorporated into this journey. Um, one of the things that I want to highlight is making the best of your space and having that choosing the thought juncture that produces opportunity and, Mm. and gratitude is, is important, but the thought choices go beyond your fence line they go beyond the the space that is just your home many of us can relate to the fact of being in a crowded space or in a suburban area or even in our own head and it feel so isolating right and and you talk a lot about the battle with this isolation and how you have to almost go through steps to break through the lies that you are alone. Can you tell me more about that?
1: Yeah, I, I think one step that leads to the, the struggle with me for loneliness is when I start feeling isolated first. Maybe I haven't seen people or interacted much with people for a number of days. Uh, when our children were younger, things like our church events or a women's Bible study, my children would go into childcare, for example, I could attend a women's Bible study. Uh, and even my special needs children, There were usually provision, especially as they were younger. Now, as they're adults, I actually have lost a little freedom just compared to when they were in their school years and when they were always welcome in like a church childcare type setting. Um, so now that that has become a little more restrictive um i would say always seek out a support system and friends and family that make up this safe place for you like i i mentioned talking on the phone an article i wrote recently to my to my best friend and i know the youngins in our life don't talk on their phones they use them for everything else other than talking i get that but some of us are still old school but the phone is even a great blessing to me And uh, my BFF and I can hang out on that phone. And that's another kind of a break. But if I have not interacted with people for a few days and I start that down that road of feeling isolated, then loneliness is just going to compound on top of that. Mm. Uh, And there's a second kind of loneliness, maybe one that is much more difficult. And that is the loneliness of people not understanding your circumstance. And they can't, I mean, none of us can, and understand all the nuances of someone else's journey even with good intentions it's the old you know if you haven't walked in our shoes and you can't always put yourself exactly in the same shoes but that kind of loneliness can be far more difficult the the physical loneliness i can conquer i can invite a friend into my home i can get on a phone i can do different things but the loneliness of someone not understanding About a year ago, I ran into an old buddy that I hadn't seen in a very long time. And she was asking about how my daughter was doing. She's very kind. She's a very compassionate person. But as she asked about my daughter, my daughter had gone through a rough patch where we had tried a new medication. It did not go well. Her moods and behavior had been worse. And I was telling my friend that I hadn't seen in a long time about this. I said, well, we've had a hard year. I even mentioned my daughter using like more bad words. And my Christian friend said very offhandedly, have you tried talking to her? I mean, have you tried talking to your daughter? Well, that was just, I, I appreciate her kindness, but it was just a remark that just doesn't fit the, if we could talk to my daughter that simply, we certainly, we certainly would have done it. And we have done it, what's appropriate for her, but she's very intellectually challenged. Um, struggles with extreme mental illness that just kind of inru- interrupts her thinking constantly. And so the moment that friend said, have you tried to talk to her? I felt an instant zap of feeling very lonely. Mm. I was standing right there with my friend that I you know, got to run into at a store. So I wasn't physically alone, but I was very alone emotionally in that moment. Uh, because I just remember, I just, the, it was the disconnect. You could feel the, di- the disconnect from someone yeah. not really understanding uh, that backpack that we carry, you know, all the time, never taking it off. So that's the kind of loneliness. I, and I, I had to walk away, be grateful for seeing my friend, very kind, compassionate person, and just know that God knows God knew in that moment that wasn't, that really wasn't an appropriate response. Uh, so to let God meet that need, the moment that I turn and walk away from the person who could not meet that need, to then let God enter into that space. And as I drive away, just thank God for my, my beautiful friend and know that it wasn't for her to meet that need that day. So.
0: That's, that's so powerful. I, I know when there's oftentimes we run into these circumstances where we don't know what the right thing to say is. Like we're searching for this like magic eloquence of mm-hmm. I can make them feel better, but recognizing mm-hmm. that one, sometimes we're not the person to bring comfort or consolement. and our forcing an answer or mm-hmm. uh, an option to choose Actually, does more distancing than than connecting. Sometimes the best thing we can do is just recognize I don't know what it's like, mm-hmm. but I see you, I hear you, I love you. Can I give you a hug if you're a right. person right. and the and the circumstances allow? But just owning our naivete mm-hmm. can be powerful where. I think I'd, I noticed that where I didn't have like a cuddly family where mm-hmm. like my mom brushed my hair or my dad like kissed my forehead or like all of these things that I see like these healthier homes experience. And I kind of look like, I don't know if that's weird or if I want it, it's kind of, this just strange place for me. But when I see other families, I recognize that, you know what, I appreciate the journey. And I think that's why I have this podcast is because I just want us as listeners, as learners to appreciate the uniqueness of the journey and recognizing that sometimes as humans, it's okay that we say stupid things, but we got to own it <laughs> because yeah, and I, I think um,
1: two sides to that. And, and you're mentioning there's the person who is trying to be encouraging is trying to be the kind friend and i know in, in today's time it does feel like we feel like everyone is saying the wrong thing including ourselves all the time and as a special needs parent i've really always been for the most part just totally embraced with love and support from people and even like that friend sometimes it's a it's an offhanded uh, remark meant well intentioned and i'd certainly not Hold that against her. It's an example of how that feeling comes in, but really more for us, even as a special needs uh, parent or caregiver, to let people off the hook mm. uh, with maybe questions that are a little awkward that we get, or uh, unwelcome advice that is never going to work in a thousand years, or that we've tried a thousand times and we could tell them it didn't work. Uh, but to let people off the hook and go to, like for me, one of my tools is prayer, uh, allowing God to enter that space in my heart, and and if I'm struggling with feelings that aren't the best, and let him come in as my healer, and, and, and heal that space, but to let people off the hook, and know they're usually very well-intentioned, and then if we're the friend giving the not-so-welcome advice, I think he said it best, so begin to take take some responsibility and just be careful with our, with our words. We're not always going to say it perfectly. Um, And if said in love, a lot of times it's easy to let it go. Like with my friend, it was spoken in loving good intentions. So I could let that go.
0: I love that because if we don't let it go, if we don't let them off the hook and you know, clearly they're good Mm -hmm. heart, good intentions, kind nature, it turns into that clanging in the dryer. Because right, you, right. you created a separation between that relationship rather than a, you know what, I'm going to go to God because he gets this. Right. I'm going to love them for being my friend. And then you you move forward.
1: Yeah. And actually, Crystal, I'd like to tie that back. When I, when I said it's perspective, like how we look at our home, whether we have less freedom or whether we get to live in a, a beautiful space that we can create and, and that God has given us. It's the same way with relationships. Mm. I know that some of the relationships I have don't understand caregiving as much. And I can go down. I have two choices again, just like how I see my home. I have a choice of still having fellowship with those people, enjoying their company, knowing they're far, far away from understanding my circumstance. Or to place judgment on who I let in. You know, If you're not the most understanding, you don't make the cut. That is not, that's not the kind of person I want to be. So I want to be welcoming and loving in all of my relationships and know that some will understand a little bit better than others. And so I have to predetermine that, that I'm not going to let an offhanded remark um, fester or cause bitterness that I've already made a predecision that that's my friend. And okay, they said, you know, they said something kind of th- didn't relate for that day, didn't work for that day, but I also have done those things. So it's a predetermination that I'm not going to let my caregiving mess up my relationships. If that's something far removed from one of my friends, sometimes it's a new acquaintance or somebody Mm -hmm. you're getting to know. And I want to leave that road open for, you know, gaining a friend and and deepening a, a friendship. And so I don't want to I don't want my caregiving to be a stumbling block to that. And I get to make that choice whether it is or not. If y'all haven't noticed why I chose Kim to be on this
0: podcast, you surely know now, um, just the way that she articulates her heart. Um, she has a true gift to deliver that information in a receivable way, in a way that we can learn and grow. Um, and and one of the ways, Kim, that that you learned a while ago you began by journaling, but now you're a published author. Like what a huge, (laughs) you're not defined by just caregiving or just mom or just wife. Like you've taken this journey and now you are a blesser of others with your words.
1: Well, I I hope so. It's been a fun journey for me. And yeah, years ago, just a lady who I was seeing for some lay counseling quite a few years ago, like probably 15 to 20 years now. And she was a writer. She, uh, she did lay counseling through our church. And so I started meeting with her to receive some counseling. But she was a writer. And at the time that church we attended had a writing team. And she was like president or, or head or whatever they called it of the writing team. So it came very natural to her to say, You know, have you ever kept a journal or you should be journaling, you know, journaling this and journal your feelings and the things that many great counselors recommend. And so I started and I've really kind of never stopped. I'm not so much a daily journaler, but I realized that it was very therapeutic and to even uh, tell my own story. And then now as I've aged, my story just changes. So I get to tell new parts of it. And I do occasionally do a little writing, you know, short articles for publication, maybe for uh, adoption or special needs parenting. I write poetry and things that have nothing to do with either one of those things. And I enjoy it. I I hope it goes beyond a hobby and that a hobby is usually just for ourselves. And even though it brings me a great deal of joy and has a, a therapeutic sense for me, I hope it goes beyond and blesses other people. So it's been fun to do a little bit more as the years have gone by. And even as caregiving, I am at my home more, going back to that little bit of less freedom. And writing is something I can do, and and I enjoy it. So I hope it does reach people. If if they have a need and I can bring encouragement into that need, it's a win-win. And I mentioned the
0: anthology. You and I are a part of, The Whispers of Grace, Volume 2. What is the other book that you are now in?
1: Uh, There's a couple. There's one called She Writes for Him, uh, Stories of Resilient Faith, and it's an anthology, and I have a a chapter in there. It also references caring for our special needs daughter. Uh, It talks about our daughter really does not have a functioning sound mind, and so I wrote a chapter about loss and grief uh, in relation to that. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, I got the opportunity to submit just a little piece that would be in Carol and Jean Kent and Cindy and Dave Lambert's book, Staying Power. And it's about marriage. And they welcomed some personal submission stories. And one thing they were gonna address in marriage was special needs parenting, which I thought was amazing. They, they addressed all kinds of topics, but rarely is the stress of special needs parenting mentioned. And so they opened up on social media invitations for stories that could be put into their book, Staying Power. And so my um, kind of a short article, a short story was accepted. And so it's part of their book, Staying Power. And that's been really a fun thing. And a few articles sprinkled
0: around
1: over the years.
0: I love, oh my goodness. I'm just, I'm excited because, you've taken these steps to share and they've been thoroughly blessed and they are they're reaching far beyond the walls of your household and your community but they are they're going global because of these opportunities you've been given one of the goals you mentioned was identifying ways to give your adult children with special needs new opportunities and that's sort of something you're brainstorming something you're learning along the way it's like building the plane in the air right now where you're in the midst of it Mm -hmm. but are there things you're learning right now that might be encouraging to someone else who's also building their own plane
1: yeah i think one of the biggest things when our son graduated high school and it, it was a great celebration to you know even see him walk across the stage and he graduated through like special education but what uh it was a little bit of a sledgehammer moment coming down realizing that he did not have independence like mm-hmm. however his adult life was going to look dad and i would play a huge role in helping create that and and he has a huge personality and he, he can make some of his own choices like he can make choices if he wants to buy something you know, with money that he has or something like that. Um, he uses a phone. So he calls his grandparents and friends on his, that's his own choice to do those things. So he, he does have some, he has some abilities, but as far as kind of creating a lifestyle, uh, dad and I are the, you know, we, we kind of gird him up. We're the foundation under that. He doesn't drive, so we drive him and he's got his hobbies and the things he likes to do and you have to enter in with them and Mm. uh, a lot of our friends and family get a kick out of his main hobby is he likes to impersonate Elvis now I want you all to get the picture my son is adopted from Korea and our last name is Cusamano which is Italian and so I've got this Korean Italian impersonating Elvis (laughs) clothes that he's purchased and it is a it's a riot and a blessing all wrapped up in like this firecracker. I mean, it's really amazing. But I find now I sit down and watch like Elvis documentaries with my son. We help him if he's saved enough money, we help him order his, uh, these clothes that are like Elvis replica clothes. Uh, we take him to a special needs dance class, which in turn gets to like perform at, you know, uh, nursing centers or something like that. And so he lives out his joys and his dreams with our help. But that that is, I did not, one thing I did not expect or see coming was the joy of helping my son a lot. One thing I have scribbled some notes on lately that I hope to get into an article soon is my husband and I still have a bucket list. We're never going to be able to travel to as great an extent. We will always have to arrange care for at least our daughter and things like that. But we still have a bucket list. So now I have, and some of this is really on paper because I really am a list keeper. So I have our bucket list. Then I have a bucket list for the four of us hmm. because as our life moves forward, we will, we will be four. And then I have a bucket list for my daughter and son individually. And so like my son, Nate, he wants to do Elvis gigs, you know, like where he gets invited and mom and dad take him to do his gigs. And we're like his backstage, you know, people, uh, it's actually a great deal of fun. And I have to find joy in that role that God's given me. And it's not, I'm not adding rocks to the backpack. I am choosing to say, (laughs) I never saw this coming in my life that I'm the <laughs> mother of an Elvis Korean impersonator. Like, So there is a point of enjoying the, where I live and how I live and the call that God's put on my life. And that call is to be their mom for my lifetime and their caregiver. And so, um, yeah, if y'all ever want to see an Elvis show, I'll hook you right on up. Um, <laughs> And, not, and like our daughter, it's harder. She doesn't have as many abilities they are as easy. But we do what we can. And it's the type of situation, if you're a special needs parent, you know exactly what I mean. If you find something they like for a moment, you're like just all about it, all over it. And then, you know, you try to look for the next thing that brings them joy. But when you are finding your whole purpose and trying to help someone live a joyful, abundant life. It is certainly fun for you being, you know, the one helping build that. So anyway, we, we are in still in a new season. It's not going to look like an empty nester, like another family who all their littles leave their home. We do hope to get rid of two. We're trying. (laughs) Uh, We laugh. We just got one off as he's left to serve the military. And so that's, that's been a new season. And then our last one is a senior in high school. And so I really can see the light. Yes, I can see the light. Um, So we will have a a full nest that will look different, but we're gonna enjoy every bit of it. And when we plan travel, there'll be travel for just my husband and I, there'll be travel to take one or the other on a special trip. And then there'll be travel for the four of us. And just recently, the four of us went about four hours away uh, on a little trip and it, my son, Nate, called it the originals because it was he and his sister that were the first two. And now our son that's in the Navy, he's, he's been gone for a few years out of our home with college, et cetera. And then the senior had gotten a job. So where she usually traveled with us, she this was gonna be one of the first times she was staying home. And so it was the originals, the four of us. And I could feel the change. I could feel the fun we had as we did a couple tourist things. Uh, we went to a restaurant. We just asked for a table for four, not for six, which by the way, is tons easier seating four <laughs> people than six. Those of you with big families, God bless you. you get get the kids as fast as you can. It's so much easier to restaurant. Um, but we had fun. We had fun and we were enjoying our special needs adults in like, Three ways it overlapped. We were parents, we were caregivers. And in some ways we were enjoying their company as friends, as we sat at a restaurant and, and tried to you know visit with them. So there's so much, uh, when God talks about living with joy and abundant living, and there's a spiritual context for uh, a lot of those verses that refer to that. But still, if we know the faithfulness of God Our joy and abundant living should funnel through all these experiences in our life. And so that's, I I want to, I want to walk the journey of special needs parenting and caregiving with that perspective. I sorry, Chris. So I get all fired up. Oh, no, I'm fired up too. I'm right there with you. I was
0: usually I wrap up and I say like, what are your, your words of wisdom to give to our listeners? But I feel like you just mic dropped it without me having to ask you, you step into someone's world and you find joy in the different ways that, that those roles and those interactions can happen. And And you really recognize that seasons are changing, but you can still identify ways to step in. And and any of us, we don't need to be a special needs parent to take that advice where in order to love someone well, in order to show care, it's, it's the effort and the intention of stepping into someone else's space just to understand and learn a little bit more about them and when we, as humans are seen and heard, it, it brings light and fuel and fullness to our soul because that's the way God designed us. He mm-hmm. sees us for who we are. And when we get a small taste of that here on earth, it means the world. So you oh mic God. dropped my final question, Kim. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm honored to have you. I'm honored to call you sister in Christ and friend And I am just, I am so blessed. Do you have any final words for our listeners today?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, Well, one, thank you. And I have enjoyed our new friendship as we've met through writing and things. And it's been a huge blessing. And so, and just having the opportunity to encourage people. And so I've really enjoyed all of that. But to special needs parents and to caregivers, you know, sometimes I can make it sound very, kind of offhanded to say that we want to we want to have a perspective and, and make a health a choice. It's healthy to walk enjoy an abundant living. Day to day it's not always that easy. Hard days come and sometimes a day feels like it's gonna last a year. And that's absolutely true. I mean we have days that are very, very hard. But another choice, I just keep going back to this idea of choices because everything that we think is a choice. And how we set up our home is a choice, how we treat our relationships are a choice. But I have learned to stay certainly more in the present. The future can be a very scary place, especially when we feel responsible for other people. Now, my husband and I try to, you know, we we do estate planning, we, we try to make arrangements for our adult kids when we're gone and things like that. All of that is appropriate. But to borrow worry from five years from now is not appropriate and that's not healthy. Um, It's not healthy for me day to day. So when we do have a bad day, I try to see it as only a bad day. And I used to, I I don't think I always had that perspective. I I feel like I've more consciously thought about that in the last year or two, to only see it as a bad day. Um, One of the best tidbits I could probably give is if you've had a bad day, go to bed. (laughs) Because in going to bed, it's our, it's our little route to getting to a fresh start the next day. And so sometimes I, I really truly do that. And, and we all do to some extent because we think that we're exhausted. Okay, so I'm gonna go to bed or I'm gonna go to bed early. But even the mental break of saying, okay, I'm gonna call this day, like I'm calling it. It's over and go on to bed. But then look forward to the next day truly as a fresh start, like make that conscious choice. Tomorrow may be better. And you know what? It may not be. But you go to bed and you look forward to the next day. The seasons do change. Even if people in your house do not leave, (laughs) the seasons, there are still seasons and cycles to how we live to how our bodies are doing, to how our minds are doing, to how we're responding to outside circumstances. And like my daughter, for example, we've tried many different medications to help her over time, and some have had bad side effects. And so we these are seasons that are secular. Um, and so even if bad days come in a row and it looks like a really kind of hard, difficult, long time, that season, you may not even notice the change. It may be so subtle, but, days weeks maybe months will go by and you'll realize the sun has come up and when it does enjoy that enjoy that time that just like we really do enjoy the changing of the seasons of the weather knowing that the good may not stay probably won't some hard bumps will come and the hard won't stay either there will be some great beautiful days in the mix so to keep 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 perspective And know that God has built in fresh starts with the rising of the sun every morning. And and so to to tackle it that way. There's a reason why one day at a time is one of the best cliches ever. Because it really is the only God gives grace and is sufficient for that day. So I I am practicing that right now. That is how I'm trying to live is get up, start a new day. One day at a time. One day at a time. I can't sing it for you, but...
0: (laughs) Yep, one breath at a time. Wise words from our amazing featured guest, Kim Cusimano. Yes, all the yeses. Praise God. Um, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. You know there is a family and a parent that you need to share this episode with. I can't tell you that enough. You're going to hear it in the outro, but you know in your heart of hearts that it's touched you and it needs to go in somebody's hands. So please bless someone's life and allow them to hear Kim's wise words and the blessing of perspective and tangible tools, authentic recognition of the mess, but the beauty that comes new every morning. Thank you all for listening and join us next time for our next episode of the Crystal Conversations podcast. Thank you for joining this Crystal Conversation, where stories of growth, resiliency, faith and falling are authentically shared to encourage and equip you in your journey. If you've been inspired, please feel free to share the love and tell a friend about these Crystal Conversations. If you want more inspiring growth focused and resiliency related content, Find the Crystal Conversations LLC page on Instagram and our Facebook page, or go to crystalmcfadden.com and subscribe for our newsletter and other content-related goodies.